0: This is the morning brief from the economic times.
1: Does this sound familiar to you? Hey guys, I'm Shriti and today I've brought you guys to be a glamorous body look for glamorous party look guys, this is my sweet look. In a video, learn
2: our self bridal makeup look every day when we create our work. In the look Hi, my love,
1: please. Welcome back to my channel. I hope you all are safe and doing well. Today's video is going to be an
2: Amazon beauty haul and this is going to be like a festive beauty haul.
1: The face of India's beauty and personal care industry is glowing bright and the boom in the online beauty industry is making several heads turn. Nykaa, which started off as a small e-commerce platform, is now launching a 5,300 crore rupees IPO. It has become an e-commerce giant with over 5 million monthly active users, 70 offline stores across India, selling over 500 brands. Having uh, been an
0: innocent banker who did a lot of IPOs, I, I can say that I was always a believer in uh, listing being that ultimate, uh, you know, I mean, you can call it like a graduation for a human being where you go into the listed space and then you can hope to have a long-term journey and life of your own. So I think it makes the company independent uh, of the promoter in that sense and allows it to have a long-term sustainable a legacy or or a journey ahead. So I think for me, it is like growing up and I think uh, it's something that I always wanted for Naika. And I'm just happy that we are at that point today.
1: That was Falguni Nayar, founder of Naika. Through the Naika IPO, investors will get a chance to buy into this fast growing industry. And this industry is expected to double in size to 2 lakh crore rupees by 2025 huge, right? But what is driving this growth? In this episode, we analyze the growth drivers or shall I say, beauty secrets of this industry. We'll also see what are some challenges ahead and what Nika's IPO means for its peers. Stay tuned, there's a lot coming up for you. From the Economic Times, I'm Bhavya Dilip Kumar and you're listening to The Morning Brief. While investors are very excited about the Indian beauty industry, especially online beauty and personal care segment, what do consumers think? I spoke with a bunch of people to understand their preferences. I also spoke to some popular skincare influencers.
0: I think I spend
1: at around 2,000 on skincare and beauty per month. And um, I shop from Nykaa mostly. Because uh, firstly, it is very convenient and it has wide range of products. So like if I'm getting one product on one website and the second one on another website, there are good chances that I might get both the products on Nika. So personally, yes, I prefer Nika.
2: My first preference is definitely online because I get to uh, see the um, like the rate or track the price trends beforehand as opposed to going to an offline store. I'll have to see what discount is at that point um, in that particular store, etc. Um, let's take Health and Glow, for example. I don't know for sure if they're going to have the product that I'm going to go there to buy uh, whereas if it's let's say Nika or LMS Connect all I gotta do is just check online so convenience and price are <clears throat> some of my most um, important factors in purchasing
1: My favourite I would say is Vanity Wagon for one main reason in Vanity Wagon there is always some sale So I spend around 250 rupees per month On uh, skincare and beauty, and in festive season, it goes around 2000 rupees. Also, at times, Naika has a lot of variety, so I think I prefer Naika a lot. Before Corona, I used to uh, prefer going to the store and you know, see getting the feel of the product, but then Corona killed all those options. Online stores are very, very much more convenient and preferable. You just order in a click, and like. It, it comes to it comes to a place in like, uh, what, two days. So I think that's good enough, very much. And especially people like us who, who do not stay in a metro city anymore. So I think that's very, very convenient. That was interesting to know, right? Consumers of platforms like Nika today are not restricted to large metro cities like it usually used to be. The industry is truly becoming pan-India now. And companies have also managed to acquire a loyal customer base. That is, in fact, one of the reasons investors are bullish on the Nika IPO.
0: So let me just give you a few figures. So let's start off with the contribution by existing and new consumers, right? So when I talk about the year, uh, when I talk about financial year 2019, uh, 55% of their orders came from existing customers. And when I talk about the financial year 2021, 70% 70% orders came from existing customers and not just that you know uh, when i when i look at the orders uh, when i look at the average order value uh, it has gone up a lot so it's not just that the customers are loyal they're spending more as well and they are ordering more as well you know the number of orders has also gone up so all of these things combined really show that uh, Naika has built a loyal uh, customer base that is coming back and spending more
1: that is aditya Kondavar, chief operating officer of jst investments so aditya this year so far 41 companies have gone for an ipo right how does Naika stand out
0: it is not just a tech ipo i i would i would say that it is it is more like a branded tech ipo uh, this is going to be different in such a way that whenever we we have seen the recent tech ipos you know all the founders have been just turned into uh, Small shareholders uh, after uh, so many subsequent uh, fundraisers and the uh, concluding IPO. But in the case of Naika, the family is still going to have a majority control over the company.
1: And Aditya tells me that there's a wide gap in India's online beauty market penetration in comparison with countries like China or US. And that's a great scope for companies like Naika.
0: When I uh, talk about the beauty and personal care market, uh, you know, in FY20, the market was worth uh, 9,000 crores uh, and the online penetration of this market was just 8%. Now, when I compare it to China and the US in the same year, you know, China was at 35 uh, to 40% penetration and uh, the US market was 20 to 25% penetration. What is really happening here is, here is that, you know, uh, Nike has really scratched the surface uh maybe uh in terms of both uh tapping the market and tapping the online market. If I talk about the total addressable market, right? Uh I mean putting both of them together, you know, uh the market size is well over 14, uh almost 13, 14 lakh crores. So uh Nike's revenue in uh, fy 21 was just uh two and a half thousand crores. So <laughs> even if Nike captures say Uh, you know, 4% of that market, you know, the revenues are just going to double, triple from here.
1: That's actually not surprising at all. There's been a lot of action happening in this space in the last couple of months. Take, for example, Sugar Cosmetics. They raised around 150 crore rupees in February. Brand Plum raised around 110 crore rupees in November last year. And in a big move, MyGlam acquired the mom's company. And now, with the Naika's IPO, retail investors get a chance to bet on this business. This must be some positive rub off on its peers, too, right? I post the same question to Darpan Sangvi, co founder of a DTC or direct to consumer platform, MyGlam.
3: First of all, you know, I I mean, I wish I could have got more shares of Naika. That IPO is so subscribed. (laughs) Right? Uh, uh, You know, Naika has built a great business. I believe the Nika IPO will be one of the best performing uh, sort of tech uh, IPOs, you know, that's around. Uh, I genuinely believe that, not just because I'm in the beauty industry, but I, I really believe that, that, you know, they're they're profitable, fundamentally strong business, growing very well. And the category, beauty category is just rocking, right? That the trailblazing effect has happened already. You've seen the investor interest that has been there in DTC beauty brands this entire year. Because everyone's been expecting the Nika IPO. Everyone's seeing that there is a clear path to an IPO, if you build a nice, profitable beauty business, uh, and the category has got the attention and has got its moment in the sun, uh, you know, thanks to the Nike IPO. So, you know, clearly investor interest in the DTC beauty category has has gone up a lot, and we have to give credit to the Nike IPO for the same.
1: Purple is another multi-brand online retail platform. Some see it as a direct competitor to Nike. Last week. Purple raised around $75 million in a new round of funding. And just like Falguni Nair, Manish Taneja, the CEO of Purple, sees an IPO as the next target.
4: We will always be ready for an IPO. So financially, uh, you know, from a reporting point of view, from a quality of corporate governance point of view, uh, we've always been very, very good and we will continue to be ready. Uh, it's hard for me to say today, What is the right time for us to do an IPO because it will depend on lots of external circumstances, including how the markets are at that point in time, how's purple doing at that point in time, Yeah, tough for me to predict today.
1: The investor interest in this space is likely to continue for a long time. The per capita consumption of beauty products in India is nowhere close to the developed world. You know, I will let Manish make the case for the industry.
4: Historically, India has always been a very low capita consumption uh, of beauty. Uh, Maybe like $10 per year is an average spend by a woman on beauty in India. So uh, I think definitely, you know, as as awareness of beauty industry, beauty products goes up in India, you know, you will see beauty consumption go up. And that's what investors are betting on. Uh, So every investor looks at, You know, how large is the market? In our case, beauty is like a $20 billion market, but my sense is, uh, you know, in next three or four years, it'll probably be a $25, $26 billion market. Um, I think the second thing that's happened is, um, which is why investors are lapping up this space is, you know, internet has basically broken down many barriers uh, for this category. And so brands can today scale to you know, like easily 100, 200 crores without actually going offline. And then obviously you have retailers like Purple, which can probably scale to to 3,000 crores, you know, without necessarily going offline. And I would say a very key reason for this category to be very exciting is once a woman is hooked to your products, then, you know, she typically repeats with you. So there is always high repeat. So yeah, these are the reasons that in my view, are sort of driving the investor excitement in the beauty category.
1: A lot of things have worked in favor of these online beauty retailers over the years, like low-cost internet, smartphone penetration, growth in fashion spending. To top that off, consumer behavior has changed significantly towards using e-commerce during the pandemic.
3: The pandemic definitely accelerated consumer behavior online in my category, right? Our category of beauty and personal care. In a lot of other digital categories, of course, pandemic completely shifted consumer behavior. I think the shift in consumer behavior of discovering beauty and personal care on social media, through content, through influencers started three or four years ago, which is why you saw a bunch of, you know, digital first brands starting to take shape and starting to scale up. I think the pandemic what it did it definitely accelerated so if you know there were 80 people uh, you know uh, very comfortable buying beauty online now it's maybe 100 right so maybe it accelerated things by 20% for you or 25% for you.
1: What's very interesting is the consumption pattern that has spread from the metro cities to even smaller cities in recent times. So what is the percentage of a company's revenue comes from non-metro cities? Let's ask Manish and Darpan.
3: It's incredibly exciting to see that our tier two and tier three consumer is as well versed with the latest in beauty and personal care trends as our tier one consumer. It's absolutely fascinating. 20 years ago, you discovered beauty personal care or not even 20, 10 years ago, you discovered beauty personal care Uh, you know at the neighborhood store around you and 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 so you know your access was only limited to that but today you discover it on your phone on the social media feed you know which means it doesn't matter where you are when my glam started in our first year tier one was i think 75 percent. year two tier one was 65 percent of revenues Today, tier two and tier three is 65% of our revenues. Tier one is 35% of our revenues. So clearly the demand is very, very high in tier two and tier three. And today they've solved the availability challenge. Availability both for discovery because they're discovering it on social media, through content, through influencers, and also availability to actually order the product because you can buy it online uh, and get it delivered to your pin code in 48 hours. Um, and, And that's why you're seeing this massive boom Happening in the category because tier two and tier three is consuming quite a bit. It's woken up to the party.
4: You know, about 25% of our revenue comes from um, and our customers come from metros, which is, let's say, the top four metros, uh, which is Delhi, Mumbai, Kolkata and Chennai. Uh, If you add Bangalore, Hyderabad and maybe a couple of other, you know, tier one cities, it goes up to about 35%. And 65% of our revenue comes from outside of these tier 1 cities.
1: Has it always been like this, Manish? Uh, No. Uh,
4: So when we started our business way back in 2012, um, it was more skewed towards metros. Uh, But over the last 3 or 4 years, as Jio has scaled up in India and internet access has become ubiquitous, uh, we are actually adding more customers in tier 2, tier 3, tier 4 cities and towns, then we are adding in metros and tier 1 towns.
1: And it's not just women who are spending the big bucks on beauty products today. Men too are taking their beauty and skincare routines pretty seriously. And brands are taking note of that. I mean, we are living in 2021 after all, right?
4: I can definitely say for a fact that uh, men are beginning to expand their regime. Men today um, have dedicated face washes that they will use. They will have uh, what used to be like a common shampoo at home. Uh, Maybe a decade ago today, men will have a different shampoo. Uh, Beard care has become a big part of men uh, as more and more men continue to don their beards. So obviously beard care is large. uh, But look, today, um, I would say men's specific products are still a small part of the market. Um, A large part of the products are probably unisex or catering to women.
1: Online beauty space is clearly booming, right? This makes us question whether this will be the end of those physical beauty mom and pop stores. You know, the ones we just walk in, test some products and buy them, right? Let's find out.
3: I'm a firm believer in the fact that in India, you can't build a big brand if you're not available offline that's just how we are as a country and as people we need to see things around us offline as well so while offline will be maybe 20 25% of our revenue as we continue to grow online will be 75% of our revenue uh, offline will have a disproportionate sort of impact on the consumer's perception of ye ek bada brand hair. right uh, and and that's that's very important so so uh, so i think so offline a first of all i have to tell you offline like other than the lockdowns has done quite well, um, you know. So when the lockdowns got lifted last year, offline bounce back was very big. This year, oh my God, Karvachot this year was insane sales offline uh, in the north. Pujo in West Bengal was crazy. Like you're beating all records, right? Whether it's pent up demand, what whatever the reasons are. So look, we are firm believers that you have to be omni-channel if you have to be a meaningful brand in India. Offline, if I look at from a business standpoint, will be 20-25% of our revenues but very important with regards to you know, building consumer trust for consumers to touch and feel it, for consumers to see it around them.
1: So we all have, or at least some of us have, bought something after an influencer on social media promoting it. In fact, some online beauty businesses like Nykaa that's big on this type of marketing. It's called Influenza Marketing. Hi my beauties, welcome back to my channel. I hope you guys are doing well. In this video, I'm going to be sharing with you my product recommendations that you can pick up from Nykaa's sale. I have skincare, haircare, and makeup products here. But how do brands build that trust and loyalty? I mean, online lacks that touch and feel experience, right? But data is what bridges the gap.
4: I think the most important thing I would say why online companies have an edge over offline companies is access to data you have access to your own consumers' data. You don't need to go to a research agency to conduct a research with your consumers. If you are shopping from Purple, I have access to your phone number, email address, your residential address. I can actually pick up the phone and ask you if you would be comfortable to speak to us for a few minutes on any question. So I think having access to a consumer's data, having access to consumers' browsing patterns, buying behavior... Uh, gives you tons of insights into what should be your next step, which I think offline, uh, you know, brands and companies sort of struggle to make use of. Sure. And, you know, online is the best way to educate consumers about many new categories. Uh, Sheet masks were introduced online first. You know, if you talk to any of the large beauty companies, they would prefer their business to be 50% online and 50% offline, especially in the color cosmetic space.
1: While everything sounds bright and glittering for the online beauty industry, there are some challenges too. The newly proposed e-commerce rules, for example, restrict flash sales. They also ban aggregator platforms like Nika from selling their own brands on the platform.
2: Hi, welcome back. The government is looking at tightening rules for the e-commerce sector. The revised norms would bar related firms from selling their products on the e-tail platform directly and would also prohibit the practice of flash sales.
3: The first takeaway is that no related party of the e-com major, e-com company can go ahead and sell on the same platform. That is the first key clarification and that's equally relevant because the CAIT has been making submissions towards that end before uh, the DPIIT, before the Prime Minister So, that uh, submission seems to have uh, filtered in.
1: As part of its IPO disclosures, even Naika said that this was quite problematic and could even impact several players' operations and increase costs. There are some other challenges too.
4: The biggest thing that we have to work on, as I mentioned earlier, is that our per capita consumption is very low. And our per capita consumption is low because our understanding of beauty as a category is very low, overall as a society. And so I think if we are able to drive home understanding of beauty as a category, I think we will see an increase in per capita consumption and that will lead to an increase in the market size of this category. I think that's the sole point that one has to focus on, you know, from now for the next 10 to 20 years.
3: You know, see the typical challenges that you would have as a, when you're building out a, a DTC business, right? E-tailing business, right? Online e business is customer acquisition cost. By far the biggest challenge. Right. most of your other challenges like hey supply chain delivery picking packing 24hour delivery that can be outsourced right? we've got good 3pL partners in India uh, so so you know your biggest challenge is how do I get people to my website how do I get people to my app in a cost effective manner and I think whichever entrepreneur cracks his CAC customer acquisition cost is the guy who can scale the fastest and is the guy who can then you know eventually build something of you know of, of real meaningful scale.
2: Low
1: per capita consumption, ease of online shopping, and data-based product innovation is keeping investors interested in the Indian online beauty industry. As more players enter this space, the competition will help consumers like you and me get more variety plus more discount. But companies, on the other hand, will have to work really hard to build brand loyalty to sustain business in the long run. As consumer awareness grows, companies will also have to match the global standards at the earliest. That's all from us today. But before we wrap up today's episode, here are some really interesting tips from consumers, which the beauty industry might want to take a note of. I feel, you know, Nike can bring in like more dark models because people who buy from the platform not everyone are going to be fair and stuff you know so when they see something like a a lipstick being worn by someone fair they won't even get an idea on how it will look on them not every brand even has the try me option and all that
2: one radical change i'm hoping for is the kind of programs that uh, beauty Brands, especially the giants with their resources, can accommodate uh, recycling programs. For example, we don't have a lot of options uh, in terms of beauty brands doing this. At least abroad, I see a lot of options with these where you can either cash in these uh, points or, or you just get more options. In India, it's just very limited. So the consumers are kind of restricted in how they choose to recycle their products.
1: I'm Bhavya Dilipkuma and you've been listening to The Morning Brief. Thank you so much Manish, Darpan, Aditya, Nivedita, Shrinidhi, Radha and Mehek. This episode was edited by Nehal Chalyawala. Sound edits by Varun Kapahi and produced by Swati Joshi. Special thanks to Ratna and Digbijai for reporting and research. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. We look forward to your feedback. Write to us at the morningbrief at timesgroup.com. And if you like this episode, please share on your social media handles. We'd really appreciate it. The morning brief drops every Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. Thank you for listening and have a great day. All edited sound clips used in this episode belong to their respective owners. Credits mentioned in the description.